Did you know Black and White Sports is the number one conservative sports entity on YouTube with over 35 million views? Make sure you subscribe here to the podcast available anywhere. Quality podcasts are available. Apple, iTunes, Google Podcasts, CastBox, Anchor, and Spotify, and many others. Hit subscribe now. You're tuning into Black and White Sports on YouTube. The no-holds-barred truth on sports. The main event starts now. Black and White Sports fans, the NBA Finals Game 1 was last night. Suns versus Bucks. You would think that the talk would actually be about the game. However, the Rachel Nichols and Maria Taylor thing has bled over into the NBA Finals. As we all know, Rachel Nichols was replaced in the NBA bubble for Maria Taylor. And this season in the NBA Finals also, Rachel Nichols is taking a bat seat at ESPN and they have put Michaela Andrews in her place. Guys, the Twitter mob is now outraged by Chris Paul responding to Michaela Andrews questions at the end of the game. Chris Paul was tremendous last night. He had 30, 32 points, if I'm not mistaken. Suns win game one. You would think that the talking point would actually be about the Suns winning game one pretty handily. But oh no. The Twitter mob believes that Chris Paul was being disrespectful to Michaela Andrews because he is, I guess they think he's team Rachel Nichols. And the reason why they're actually saying this is because Chris Paul is friends with LeBron James. And of course, LeBron James's advisor was actually caught on the leak audio talking to Rachel Nichols. And Twitter is not having it whatsoever. They believe he was being disrespectful to Malika Andrews. And folks, that is not the case. This is insane. Look here on Outkick here. It says, now NBA fans think Chris Paul was rude to Malika Andrews because he's team Rachel Nichols. They're just making assumptions because of the LeBron James connection. And like I said before, LeBron James advisor was on leak audio talking to Rachel Nichols. This is absolutely insane. Now, there is a clip here. I recommend that you guys actually go and listen to it for for yourself, okay? Because there was really nothing wrong with the answers he gave to Malika Andrews. None whatsoever. I would play the clip here, but there's music in the background and it'll probably end up getting copyrighted. But... One of the answers that he actually gave at the end, he was actually referring to um, his left hand. Well, Malik Andrews, it says here, Malik Andrews just asked Chris Paul about his banged up left hand. He said, I don't know what you're talking about, Malika. And that was pretty much it. Because, you know, in the NBA finals, you want to you don't want to show that you actually hurt because teams actually go after that. That was pretty that was pretty simple. Nothing more to it. But the Twitter mob now thinks that Chris Paul is being disrespectful to her. Look at some of these comments here. This this one person says, I want you to notice how CP3 did Malika Andrews. It was subtle, but he knew 
what that moment really meant. Another person here says trying to embarrass our sister, Malika Andrews. We're not going for it, CP3. Show your show our black sister the respect you show your white leader. I don't know how they make these assumptions, but let's go on. Isn't CP3 the president of the Players Union? Then why did he act like a little kid doing Malika Andrews interview? Didn't he realize that was her first time on that stage? These people are deranged. They are completely deranged folks. She asked him about plays in the game. He answered like any other player would. But these people are just so triggered by this whole Rachel Nichols and Maria Taylor thing. I guess you got to take sides. You either uh, team Maria Taylor or you're team Rachel Nichols. I haven't heard any evidence whatsoever that CP3 was picking a side based on his answers to Malika Andrews. Insane. Another person here. CP3. Why would you do Malika like that? Oh, and I heard you were on that call with Rachel Nichols. You simp. instead of calling her Rachel Nichols, they call her Rachel Nichols because, you know, the race narrative has been pushed out there based on what Rachel Nichols had to say about Maria Taylor taking a job in the bubble last season. This just doesn't make any sense. Here we go again. The other person. Hey, CP3. Why did you have to make Malika Andrews job difficult at the end of that interview on purpose? Did Rachel Nichols tell you to do that or did LeBron give you those marching orders after everything ESPN did to hinder blacks in their company? You you decided to make it difficult for another black woman who was thrown into the fire of covering the NBA finals. Uncomfortable when she was asking you questions. Just despicable behavior. I guess you're still team Rachel, huh? Folks, these people are out of their mind. Out of their mind. Let's read another one here. CP3, I'm rooting for you to win this championship, but I didn't like how you talked to Malika Andrews when she interviewed you. Why would you be so nasty in correcting her? If it was Rachel... You would have not done that. Yes, we know the relationship link. Just don't do it again, bruh. These people have lost it, folks. Twitter is not reality. We have been saying that time and time again. That's why I'm not on Twitter. Of course, you know, Black and White Sports is on Twitter. That's the only time I ever go on there. I'm not on Twitter. It is a complete dumpster fire. And these people are throwing Chris Paul under the bus He's getting caught in the middle of this whole Rachel Nichols and Maria Taylor thing. He was not being disrespectful to Malika Andrews. These people are just so outraged about the whole situation that they're just going to throw Chris Paul under the bus. Chris CP3, Chris Paul, do your thing. Answer the questions. You weren't being disrespectful. These people are just deranged lunatics, deranged lunatics on Twitter. A lot of people are like that. This is absolutely ridiculous, folks. Do you guys actually think that Chris Paul was being disrespectful to Malika Andrews? I just don't see it. I just don't see it whatsoever. There's no evidence whatsoever. And I watched that clip 
several times. I wish I could actually play it here for you guys. I watched that clip like three or four times. I didn't see anything disrespectful. I just didn't. These people aren't. These people are just completely insane, folks. Completely have lost their minds. That's just my thoughts on this. What do you guys think of this? Black and white sports fans. Let us know what you think about all this in the comments. Make sure you subscribe to Black and White Sports. And we'll catch you next time. Thanks for watching the show. Be sure to like, comment, and subscribe. Be sure to tune in next time on Black and White Sports. You're tuning into Black and White Sports on YouTube. The no-holds-barred truth on sports. The main event starts now. Folks, the NBA Finals went up. I'm Rhodes Rance, and I'm back for Black and White Sports. Oh my goodness, what a tangled web we weave when we choose to talk shit about the police, run our mouth about political figures in this country, an entire section of the country, and their voting preferences, when we dox out policemen, when we do all the things that LaChina James, LeBron James has done, and guess what? The NBA ratings went up, went up from last year's NBA Finals with LeBron James not involved. What is supposed to be, supposed to be, air quotes, the number one draw, the current version of his airness, right? That's Nike's current version of his airness. Wuhan James, the China James, was in the NBA Finals last year, and it seems that the Finals game last night drew a higher rating with two small market teams involved. I believe I read Phoenix is the 13th largest market in the NBA, and the Bucks are way back at the back. And last year, we had the Lakers. What was supposed to be, by the way, the Lakers franchise has now dropped, I believe, to third most valuable in the NBA. Think about that a minute. Who plays for him? LeBron James. He has done damage to the league. He drove fans away. LeBron James got eliminated, and the ratings went up. Again, two small market teams. My God, let's get to this. Very quickly, make sure you go over and subscribe to Black and White Sports on podcast. Man, we are really growing over there on that podcast. Two consecutive record-breaking weeks of growth for our podcast. Go over there, subscribe. We would greatly appreciate it. Let's get to these ratings. NBA Finals open ahead of 2020. The NBA Finals opened to a slightly larger TV audience than they did in 2020, continuing the league's postseason uptick. Ratings for Tuesday's broadcast, however, are still well behind. ABC's telecast of Game 1 between the Suns and the Bucks averaged 7.68 million in a time zone adjusted fast national ratings from Nielsen. That figure will likely rise a bit more in the final numbers due Thursday morning. I would guess somewhere up around 8 million. 
which will include out-of-home viewing. As it stands now, the game is up about 4% from last year, which attracted an all-time low of 7.41 million viewers for an NBA Finals. Uh, With streaming, it pushed that to 7.58. Okay, so it was still behind still behind the first numbers even after the final numbers came in last year. The 2020 finals played in a fan-free bubble in Orlando began on September 30th, nearly four months after their usual place on the calendar. Tuesday game, which comes about a month after the league's usual June burst start for the finals, is off by 43% to game one of the 2019 uh, series between the Warriors and the Raptors. This series is the first NBA final since 2010 to feature neither LeBron James nor Steph Curry. Nor Steph Curry. Improvement for the first game of the finals follows sizable ratings increases in earlier rounds. Through the conference final playoff contest, improved 35% over 2020 to 3.7 million. By the way, LaChina James was eliminated in the first round of the NBA playoffs. We did a video on that because the ratings went way up when Wuhan James got booted out of the NBA playoffs. I think it's hilarious, but I think it speaks to the damage done by LeBron James with all of his trash talk. All of his uh look, he just he's in China promoting Space Jam 2, the search for the Chinese dollar. I mean, everything that he did, attacking political parties, running his mouth about 45. uh, I mean, all of his social justice crap. And LeBron James gets eliminated from the playoffs, and the NBA ratings went up. Now, look, is it a small increase? Yeah. But again, we're talking about a much smaller market. The Lakers are supposed to be the Dallas Cowboys of the NBA. Think about that. The LA Lakers, with what is supposed to be the most popular player in the league, and the ratings went up without him or that team being involved. I think I think that speaks volumes to how unlikable and how distasteful LaChina James is and the way fans feel about him. I've said, and guys, I'm still not watching the NBA Finals. I'm not watching the NBA. But it speaks to what Matrix and myself have said many times. The NBA will never heal until Adam Silver is gone and LeBron James retires. Some fans will never come back. And look, some fans will never come back if they don't, at some point, sever that involvement with China. But they make so much money from that, it will never happen. Remember Nike the other day? Their audience, their demo, is in China. Well, who do you think the NBA works for? They work for Nike. There you go. Tell me what you think. And LeBron James is their biggest spokesperson. Peace. I'm out. Till next time. Thanks for watching the show. Be sure to like, comment, and subscribe. Be sure to tune in next time on Black and White Sports.
You're tuning into Black and White Sports on YouTube. The no holds barred truth on sports. The main event starts now. Black and White Sports fans, let's talk about the Tokyo Olympics. The Tokyo Olympics will be starting later on this year. And there's been a lot of controversy about the Tokyo Olympics. Whether you're talking about Laurel Hubbard, who is a biological man that identifies as a woman, will be allowed to compete against women at the Tokyo Olympics. And also you have Shakari Richardson, U.S. track and field athlete, who actually will not be competing in the 100 meter dash at the Olympics as she actually failed a drug test and has been suspended for 30 days. However, with uh, Shakari Richardson, there was a chance she can actually still compete at the Tokyo Olympics in the relay race. However, folks, word has come down now. She was not selected to be a part of the relay team. And there's some outrage out there, folks, about this decision by USA Track and Field to not select her. So Shakari Richardson's Tokyo Olympic dream is over. She will not be competing at the Olympics. And I said it in my last video, folks, that she needed to take responsibility for what she did. And to her credit, she has done that. She's not making any excuses as to why she's not competing. She understands what she did. But there is the racial aspect of this, folks, because I truly believe if Shakari Richardson was a white woman, this would probably almost be a non-story. But however, when the era woke sports and it's a big deal because she is a black woman, we've actually um, seen where the U.S. Olympic Committee has actually been called racist because of this. And it's gotten extremely political. You got AOC out there, you know, screaming racism and all this other stuff. But that's another story. So I digress. So let's jump over here to ESPN. It says here, Shakari Richardson won't run at Tokyo Olympics after being left off U.S. relay lists. Band sprinter Shakari Richardson was not on the Olympic roster released Tuesday by USA Track and Field, a decision that means the Americans' positive test for marijuana will cost her a chance at running on the relay team in Tokyo, in addition to her spot in the 100-meter individual race. Richardson's positive test nullified her win at the Olympic trials in Eugene, Oregon last month, and the spot that went with it in the Tokyo went with it in Tokyo in the 100. Her 30-day suspension will end before the start of the relays on August 5th, which left open the possibility she could win a medal as part of the 4x100 relay team. But her name was not on the roster USATF sent out. The Federation had two discretionary pits beyond the top four finishers in the 100-meter final at trials, but chose not to offer a spot to the 21-year-old sprinter who was expected to challenge for Olympic gold. Asked about how Richardson was taking news, her agent, Ronaldo Nahemia, responded, We haven't spoken about it at all. It was actually not a topic we focus on. In a statement, USTTF said it was incredibly sympathetic towards Shakari Richardson's excruciating circumstances and fully agrees that 
international rules regarding marijuana should be reevaluated. So they seem to be on the side that, you know, that the rules regarding marijuana needs to be changed. But however, they can't alter the rules for her. And I believe, folks, if they actually end up, you know, allowing her to compete. I believe that actually sets a bad precedent because you're altering the rules for her. So in the future, you would actually have to alter the rules for someone else. That's not going to be a good thing because we have actually seen, you know, athletes, you know, fail drug tests in the past. And uh, going forward, you'll continue to have athletes that's going to fail drug tests. Should Team USA be in the rules for them, too? I don't think so, because that that would actually set a very, very bad precedent. It says here, quote, so while our heartfelt understanding lies with Shakari, we must also maintain fairness for all of the athletes who attempted to realize their dreams by securing a place on the U.S. Olympic track and field team. The statement read in this case, they meant offering the remaining relay spots to the six and seven place finishers, each of whom moved up in the pecking order after Richardson's disqualification. They are English Gardner and Aaliyah Hobbs. Richardson tested positive for a chemical found in marijuana after a victory on June 19th. She said the stress of her biological mother's recent death, combined with the pressure of preparing for trials, led her to use the drug. Now, folks, I will say this. I truly do not believe this was a one time thing with Shakari Richardson. I really, really don't. I believe she is using before in the past, even though in the state of Oregon it's completely legal. But you got to remember, federally, it is still illegal. And the Olympics, they have their own rules. You know, I believe in following the rules. I just do. When I was in the Navy, and I'm pretty sure this is the way it is, too. If you had popped positive, guess what would happen? You would lose your military career. They got you out of there. You know, if you go to a job, you do a drug test. They say, all right, no weed and you fail. Guess what? You're not going to get the job. So I don't believe in bending the rules whatsoever. So I'm not I'm not surprised that she didn't get selected to the relay team. I believe they were trying to send a message that you must follow the rules. I don't believe there's anything racial about this whatsoever. But we already know there's people outraged over there, you know, especially in the leftist media. They're screaming that this is racism, you know, because she's black. And I do believe that leftists tend to believe that black people just love illegal drugs. And I just don't believe that's the case. I believe that most black people will follow rules. But in this case, she did not. The media is out there screaming racism and it's not racist whatsoever. Not in the least bit. That's just my thoughts on this. What do you guys think of this? Black and white sports fans, Shakari Richardson will not compete at all for the United States at the Olympics in Tokyo because of her failed drug tests. And they are not putting on the team on the relay team at all. either. She wasn't selected for anything. So, guys, how do you actually feel about all of this? Let us know that in the comments below. That's just my thoughts on this. What do you guys think of this? Black and white sports fans. Let us know what you think about all this in the comments. Make sure you subscribe to Black and White Sports. And we'll catch you next time. Thanks for watching the show. 
be sure to like, comment, and subscribe. Be sure to tune in next time on Black and White Sports. You're tuning into Black and White Sports on YouTube. The no-holds-barred truth on sports. The main event starts now. Black and White Sports fans, it seems like every day now we're starting to learn a little bit more about the Maria Taylor, Rachel Nichols uh, fallout of the leaked audio. ESPN looks very, very bad. Rachel Nichols on a hot mic trashing a company and basically saying that, you know what, if you want to give Maria Taylor something to do, that's fine. Just don't do it at my expense. Don't give her my job. However, we know that ESPN actually gave Maria Taylor, Rachel Nichols job in the NBA bubble. And now the fallout has gotten so bad that they have sidelined Rachel Nichols once again from the NBA finals in favor of another black woman. But folks, we actually missed something about the story that the Times actually dropped. We missed it. Like I said before, it was a very, very long article here, but ESPN did actually punish somebody for the leak audio actually getting out there. Maybe not directly as far as, you know, this person actually giving it to the New York Times, but somebody was punished. And folks, it was a black woman. It was a black woman, folks, and um, we completely missed this. I didn't actually find out about this until this morning today. But there's been people out there on Twitter actually talking about it. And some news outlets, they're not very happy about it because a black woman was actually punished by ESPN. Now, the black woman in question is the one that actually leaked the audio or told Maria Taylor that the audio existed. And ESPN had subsequently suspended this person. Now, what we're looking at here, this is a part of an interview that Adam Adam Silver actually uh, gave before game one of the NBA finals. But that was a portion of this that caught my eye. It says here Nichols has has continued to host ESPN's The Jump Show this season while Taylor has hosted NBA Countdown. While Taylor's contract is set to expire in three weeks, ESPN replaced Nichols with Malika Andrews for sideline duties for the NBA Finals. Here's the part right here, folks. The Times report also said that ESPN suspended the digital video producer who told the network's Human Resources Department she shared the video with Taylor. The producer, a black woman, was suspended two weeks without pay and has since left the company. Now, guys, I don't know how long ESPN actually knew about the existence of this um, audio that I'm, I'm assuming that they probably knew for close to a year. Now, the woman, her name is actually um, Kayla Johnson. She is no longer with ESPN. I don't know exactly when she was actually suspended. It could have been anywhere from, from you know, last um, July when this whole audio was actually um, recorded until now. There's no telling how long ESPN or Maria Taylor actually knew about the existence of the audio. But even on here on Twitter, um, Hazma Shaban with the with the Washington Post uh, tweeted out, the only person known to be punished was Kayla Johnson. 
a digital video producer who told ESPN HR that she had sent the video to Taylor. Johnson, who is black, was suspended for two weeks without pay and later was given less desirable tasks at work. So she was suspended. She came back and it seems like they probably end up demoting her in some kind of a way. And I guess maybe she just said, oh, the hell with this. I'm out of here. So she was punished, given less than desirable work here. And this kind of echoes um, from the Jezebel here. Now, take the Jezebel for what it is, but they just kind of lay it out um, a little bit more stuff here. Because over here on the Jezebel, it says Nichols was not di- disciplined in any way after the video leak. And she says that she was told that the, quote, content of the conversation did not warrant any discipline, close quote. Even though now Rachel Nichols has been sidelined yet again. So in some kind of a way, uh, she's been punished, but not financially. She hasn't been suspended. She still has her job at ESPN. But it says here also on on the Jezebel, it says, in fact, the only person who ESPN punished was Kayla Johnson, the black digital video producer who told ESPN HR that she sent the video to Taylor. As a result of the incident, Johnson was suspended for two weeks without pay and was reportedly given less desirable tasks at work, punishing a black woman for sharing the racist remarks of a white woman with the black woman who was the target of those remarks. There is something perverted about the way racism always hits its target. Johnson has since left the company, along with a handful of other black employees who had pressed ESPN to make changes in response to Nichols' incident to no avail. Nichols, on the other hand, has actually been made the sideline reporter for some of ESPN's biggest games during the 2020-2021 season, reportedly getting more exposure at the expense of the careers of three women of color who also work as sideline reporters. So, guys, there you see it right there. Um, I'm not into the Jezebel whatsoever, but I want to share that with you guys uh, so you guys can actually see what really had been going on behind the scenes with ESPN actually punishing a video producer. Now, why did they actually end up suspending her? I'm assuming that they did it because she didn't actually go to ESPN's HR first and let them know. She went directly to Maria Taylor, and we know there's a whole bunch of controversy out there. And apparently there was an agreement between um, uh, Maria Taylor and ESPN that she wouldn't actually be live together with Rachel Nichols on the show. It's, it's, It's such a big mess over there at ESPN right now. Everybody seems to be at everybody's throats. Former employees now are going after other employees at ESPN. The race wars, that's what I called it on my last video, talking about um, Aman Hassan uh, going after Woj at ESPN, basically saying that he was ending black careers. This is a complete mess. But what do you guys think of this? What do you guys make of ESPN actually suspending a black woman, almost like she was the fall, the fall guy, so to speak, when it comes to this whole Maria Taylor and Rachel Nichols thing? I mean, I've never heard of uh, Kayla uh, Johnson. She's no longer with ESPN. I really couldn't find out any other information as to 
when she was actually suspended, but she was. And given, I guess, some pretty bad tasks at work when she actually came back, almost like they kind of demoted her. What do you guys think of this? You know, if this this actually probably should get be getting more more publicity out there. But uh, the focus has really been on Maria Taylor and Rachel Nichols. I mean, a video, a video producer, nobody really knows her. So I guess, you know, it's not really getting a whole lot of conversation on that. That's just my thoughts on this. What do you guys think of this? Black and white sports fans. Let us know what you think about all this in the comments. Make sure you subscribe to Black and White Sports. And we'll catch you next time. Thanks for watching the show. Be sure to like, comment, and subscribe. Be sure to tune in next time on Black and White Sports. You're tuning into Black and White Sports on YouTube. The no-holds-barred truth on sports. The main event starts now. I'm back. Rodrance for Black and White Live. We are going to talk about Tim Tebow. And we are also going to talk about one of the better young tight ends in all of football. Uh, A guy who actually made a position change just like Tim Tebow did. However, we have to acknowledge a couple of things. One, he's uh, five years younger than Tim Tebow. And two, he was playing wide receiver, which at least from a ball-catching standpoint, is probably a little different than going from quarterback over to tight end. Very quickly, make sure you go over and subscribe to the Black and White Sports Podcast. It is growing daily. We appreciate everybody that has subscribed to that podcast. It is amazing what we have done in the last three or four weeks. We basically uh, basically increased our, view, our uh, listens on there. By about 10 times. So um, we appreciate all the subscribers to Black and White Live, Black and White Sports on YouTube, and of course on our podcast. And it is available everywhere that podcasts are available. So let's look at this. Darren Waller, who is uh, a tight end for the Las Vegas Raiders, come out and made some comments about the fact that he'd like to mentor or at least give some some help to Tim Tebow. And really, I think it's kind of refreshing seeing, uh, after all the hate that Tim Tebow has taken, it's refreshing to see somebody step up and want to help Tim Tebow as opposed to want, want to try to drag him down. We've seen a lot of that. I mean, we saw a lot of things. When Tebow first came back, a lot of really repugnant behavior out of some folks, um, especially in the sports debate world. Um, a lot of people like Shannon Sharp was taking shots at Tim Tebow. Chris Sims was taking shots at, at Tim Tebow. Uh, a lot of people trying to drag in white privilege into this. This isn't black and white sports, but... Um, and we tend to stick a little bit more to sports on Black and White Live, but you get the point. Uh, pretty crazy. Pretty crazy what Tim Tebow's dealt with. Las Vegas Raiders superstar Darren Waller is easily one of the best tight ends in football, and when it comes to newest tight ends in the NFL, Tim Tebow of the Jacksonville Jaguars, Waller said he'd be willing to help him out. 
Now, in case you're wondering, the last two seasons, 2019, he had 90 catches, 1,145 yards, three touchdowns for the Raiders. Last year, 107 catches, 1,196 yards, and nine touchdowns. So, Darren Waller is absolutely, absolutely killing it out in Las Vegas. And it's... uh. You know, John Gruden takes a lot of crap. His defense is absolutely horrid with the Raiders. But what I can give Gruden credit for is his offense still works in the NFL. It does. Um, whether whether anybody likes to acknowledge that or not, uh, the one side of the ball that he does know, let's, let's face it, he drafted the running back out of Alabama. He he's made Darren Waller into a full blown stud, and Derek Carr has looked really good under John Gruden. Waller told TMZ Sports during a recent interview that he wants to serve as a mentor to Tebow, who is attempting to make his return to the NFL after not playing in a regular season game since 2012. He was on some practice squads, by the way. Uh, Eagles and uh, Patriots. Maybe not practice squads. He was in the training camps anyway. Quote, if he thinks he can learn from me, Waller told TMZ, then I'd love to help him and help him make his transition smoother. Waller can relate to Tim Tebow when it comes to changing positions. He began his NFL career as a wide receiver. I tried to find any information I could from watching guys play or asking people when I moved. So I'd love to continue to pass that on and help him be a better player. It goes on to talk about the fact that Tim Tebow played in 35 games in the NFL. Of course, he had that one huge playoff victory against the Broncos, in which I almost broke furniture leaping off the couch. Waller went on to say, football is in his blood, so I feel like He'll find a way. He'll find a way. He's physical. He's athletic. So I wish nothing but the best for him going forward. Look, I think that's I think that's something we need to see a little bit more out of players when it comes to Tim Tebow and when it comes to relationships between players anyway, uh, especially uh, with opposing teams. Um, if somebody like Tim Tebow makes a comeback, that shouldn't be. That shouldn't be so controversial, but we know Tim Tebow is a target from the media, and of course, and some players ran their mouth. Devin Bush of of the University of Michigan, I made a video on Black and White Sports about the fact that he flat come out and said on Twitter he was going to knock Tim Tebow out if he had a chance, put him to sleep, which is something I'm sure. Roger Goodell is gonna gonna watch during the season. I hope, right? You can't be targeting players. You can't be saying out loud that you're going to hurt another player or knock them out while the league is trying to lobby those things out of the league because of CTE and concussions. He come right out and made a bona fide threat to Tim Tebow. Uh, so that's the kind of thing that Tebow's dealt with. Now, Urban Meyer, most recently and notably, came right out and said that Tim Tebow, it's going to be a tough go, okay? I've read articles, we've done videos where uh, many people that have been at the mini camps have said there's times Tim Tebow looks good. 
He looks the part. And there's other times he's having to really work on some things. So I've said before, I'll say it again, Tim Tebow is a long shot, I think. But I think he was brought in for a lot of different reasons. And one of them is very much a business move. Okay, Jacksonville, uh, that area. He played for the Florida Gators. He was 2007 Heisman winner. Um, there were just some real, true financial benefits for the Jacksonville Jaguars. It was a no-brainer from a business standpoint. And um, Tebow went on. He's already got the top five selling pieces of merchandise in the NFL. Uh, so, from a business standpoint, it was brilliant. Uh, they took a lot of heat because they said, well, that's going to take a spot away from a guy that's already a tight end. Well... Darren Waller is an example of somebody that uh, a chance was taken on during a position switch. And look what if, look what would have happened if, if the Raiders would have said, well, you know what, I'm sure there's a fifth or sixth tight end, a fourth tight end out there that has been playing tight end. We'll just let this Waller kid go and not give him any play. Well, he's turned into one of the best tight ends in football because they gave him a chance. Do I see that for Tim Tebow? No. I've said if he makes the team, he's going to be a Swiss Army Knife kind of player. He's going to be a fullback. He's going to be a tight end. He's going to do some blocking. He's going to do some goal line touchdown action. And I've acknowledged the fact that, plain and simple, he takes heat. He takes media attention off of the number one overall draft pick, Trevor Lawrence, which, in my opinion, is a brilliant move by, by Urban Meyer who I almost made a video on yesterday because he's taking some heat right now uh, from Paul Feinbaum. Good God. I like Paul Feinbaum, but he he hates him some former Big Ten coaches, let me tell you. Jim Harbaugh and Urban Meyer, Paul Feinbaum loathes them. And hell, I, for all the faults that Jim Harbaugh has, he's a hell of a football coach. As a, as a 49ers fan, don't let anybody kid you about Jim Harbaugh. That son of a bitch can coach up a football team in a minute. Um, but he's having trouble getting quarterbacks at Michigan. But that's neither here nor there, and that's a side note and a tangent. Uh, so, anyway, uh, I like to see this. I like the fact that Waller, instead of being venomous, instead of having animosity, Darren Waller has reached his hand out to Tim Tebow and said, Look, I made a transition. I'm here to help you. If you need some help, let me know, and I'll work with you. Pretty damn good. Pretty good at breaking narratives involving Tim Tebow out there. And at some point, people just got to realize Tim Tebow is he is the epitome of drive. He wants to try to succeed athletically. He works his ass off. Whether he's going to be successful or not, we don't know. But it's not for a lack of damn effort. Okay, and I appreciate somebody that's willing to get out and work hard and show a blue-collar work ethic like Tim Tebow. Of course, I've said before, and I'll say it again, never lose sight of the fact that Tim Tebow takes a lot of heat because he is a straight Christian white male. Tell me what you think, Black and White Life fans. If you're new to the channel, hit subscribe. If you're new to the podcast, hit subscribe. Peace. I'm out. Till next time. Thanks for watching the show. Be sure to like, comment, and subscribe. Be sure to tune in next time on Black and White Sports.